It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The number one thing the Vikings have to do to beat the Jets Sunday, plus the latest on Cats prognosis and which players have to step up in his absence. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter. It's at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Wednesday, Reg, hump day. How you feeling? You know, because that game was on Thursday last week, I feel like it's just a long time getting the game day. I'm ready for it. Yeah, it seems like it's been a while. Vikings players, obviously, enjoying that little mini-buy. But, hey, so much to get into. But first, remember, follow along Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Lockdown M-I-N. And remember, we're a podcast, too. Free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson Show. You got the Football Party and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review and hey speaking of youtube if you haven't already you got to go check out ron johnson's latest interview with hall of fame legend chris carter amazing interview he breaks down justin jefferson's game talks adam thielen talks the old school days of randy moss and him together in the metrodome outstanding stuff again go check that out on the lockdown sports minnesota youtube page all right To football we go. Vikings looking for their 10th win of the season. Reg, I'm just going to come out and ask it. When you look at this matchup, what's the number one thing, like top of your list, the Vikings need to do to win this game? Like if you're the coach, what are you drilling into their head that's the priority this week against the Jets team with the stingiest defense in the league and is now turning to Mike White to move the ball on offense? I think they need to sustain drives. I think it would be wise for them to try to win the time of possession battle, especially against the stingy defense like that. And if you can try to keep that Jets offense off the field or just try to dominate the time of possession and and sustain these drives, like now all of a sudden you've gotten an offense that is still trying to figure some things out with a different quarterback. You've gotten them off rhythm and and now they're they're trying to play from behind and now you know that that just brings a different dynamic to the game and so it's tough because like we said that Jets defense is stingy and so 
it's going to be difficult to sustain drives. But if you can find a way, kind of like how we saw on Thursday with the five straight possessions that they scored in, you know, finding ways on on second, third down to keep it short distance, get the ball to TJ Hawkinson, get the ball to the playmakers, you know, allow the run to be established a lot. You know, it's it's funny, Dalvin Cook, it doesn't really seem like he's having that big of a year, but he's top 10 in rushing in the league right now. And so continuing to get him the ball, I think Kevin O'Connell usually in these games makes a, a push to get Dalvin the ball and, and really try to establish that running game. So if he can do that and if they can sustain some of these drives and really kind of keep the Jets a little bit off balance there, I think that they should be – in good shape. You know, you look at the Jets and who they've played as far as like explosive offenses go. You know, what do you say? The the Buffalo Bills probably the most explosive offense that they've seen. Mm-hmm. And so they have talent all across the board with the Vikings. And so they do have what it takes to sustain some of these drives, but we just want to see them actually do it, especially being that, you know, this could be a game that could come down to the wire again as we've seen so many times before this season and i think if the vikings find a way to continue to win that time of possession battle they'll find themselves on the the right outcome of this one the right side of it yeah just echoing your point the things kirk cousins in that offense was able to do versus bill belichick's defense last week so impressive i love that you brought up that offense scored in five straight possessions replicating that again against pff's number one defense would be something that should give fans a ton of encouragement that win or lose This offense finally starting to really click now under KOC. They're getting it. They're understanding the playbook and the scheme and all these different designs. The other thing, and I know it seems kind of minute and small in the grand scheme, but every game this team comes down to is in the final possession. Every single point's huge. And I really expect a more low-scoring battle like we all thought we'd get versus the Patriots. And just like that Patriots game, whoever wins this special teams battle is going to have a major, major edge in the outcome. And I'm not saying they need another kickoff return touchdown, although I think we'll take it. But every punt, every kickoff coverage, every extra point, they're all so important in games like these. And if they can win that third phase of the game with special teams, I just think the Vikings come away winners Sunday. I really do. How about the games within the games here, Reg? Because we're about to witness greatness versus greatness. Blue chip versus blue chip when Justin Jefferson lines up across Sauce Gardner. You could make a case you got the number one wideout in all of the NFL squaring up against the number one cover corner in the league. How do you think both teams game plan against one another in this specific matchup? If you had to pick one, Who's got the edge? I mean, I'm going to give it to Justin Jefferson because he's the established player. You know, Sauce just, as my mama would say, he just got here the other day. You know, like <laughs> he he hasn't been he hasn't been in the league that long, and so I, I think it's great what he's doing. You know, I love me some Sauce. You know, mm-hmm. having followed him uh, when he was in Cincinnati, I, I have you know high regard for Mr. Sauce. But I just think that what Justin Jefferson is doing, especially with the momentum that he's building over these last several games, I just don't think that anyone is able to, quote unquote, stop him. I do think that he can be corralled a little bit by Sauce, but I still think he's going to get his. I'm excited for that matchup because I just I, I enjoy seeing the best 
against the best. And, you know, Sauce has had some 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 matchups this season that, you know, you're like, okay, all right. You know, he played pretty well against Diggs. I know I saw there were there was a clip earlier this year where Diggs did kind of get him on a route, but I think Sauce pretty much had the last laugh in that last game against the the Bills he picked off, uh, Josh Allen. And so I'm excited for this because Kirk Cousins has shown a growing confidence in getting Justin Jefferson the ball, no matter who's covering him, no matter how many are covering him. I do think that it's going to be interesting to see if the Jets employ double coverage on Justin Jefferson, being that he's going to be against Sauce. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens early. Because if you see Jefferson kind of winning that matchup a little bit early, I think maybe they do maybe try to shade a safety over there and 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 really try to get some double coverage in there. But as we've seen with Jeff Jefferson, even on last Thursday, double coverage doesn't necessarily matter. He's beating that. He's splitting those defenders as well. So I think he's really establishing himself as one of the best in the game right now. And it's going to be difficult to to try to stop him. I do think that it's going to be a fun matchup, but I think it's going to be one that Jefferson is ultimately going to gain the advantage on. Yeah, you just mentioned it. I got to echo it. All year, it's been so fun to watch KOC and his ability to find ways to get Jefferson the ball, motioning him Mm -hmm. around, putting him in the backfield, whatever it takes, KOC finds a way to put the ball in his hands. And I think he knows, too, just going out there and lining him up out wide against Sauce one-on-one, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, it's just not going to work. That guy's just too good. So I think we see JJ moving all over the field again. And like we've seen before, even used as a major decoy at certain parts of the game to help take advantage of what the defense gives them. And listen, you and I both love Sauce. He was our pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year at the beginning of the season. But I'm with you. I'm going with the crafty vet of the two in this matchup. Give me JJ, who just has the slightest edge. And I'll say this, as much as Robert Sala has been able to just leave Sauce out on an island all year, I got a really hard time imagining he's going to be able to do that against J.J. and sleep good about it Saturday night. I still expect to see plenty of at least safety over the top, some double coverage in his area. Again, I don't care how good Sauce is. J.J.'s just not a guy you can leave one-on-one with. Speaking of J.J. and Sauce, they both found themselves in ESPN's latest top 25 list of players 25 and under. J.J. was number two on the list, only behind Micah Parsons. Sauce was number 20, pretty good for a rookie. Mm. Meanwhile, the Vikings had another player on the list, Christian Derrissaw. He landed at number 23. Reg, when you look at the Vikings roster, okay, the main core and nucleus of guys – They're getting up there in age. I can't sugarcoat it. Harry, Kendricks, Thielen, Zadarius, Jordan Hicks, Daniil Hunter. I mean, the two Dalvins, they're not spring chickens anymore. There's a lot of guys that if you want to sit down and just realistically have a serious conversation about it, they might just not be around in the not-so-distant future. So as we think about life after some of these guys, I want you to rank... The Vikings' top five players under 30. Guys who, if, let's just say, Quasey said next year or maybe in 2024, he said, you know what? It's time for a rebuild. These guys would still be foundational pieces you could build around. Let's start from one, work our way down, because I know the first one's easy. That's got to be JJ. But who's number two, three, four, and five for you? All right. So you want to just ping pong here? Yeah, let's let's go. I got it. I got my list. Okay. Yep, yep. All right. So... So number two for me, and it's tough because this guy 
was ridiculous to start the year, mm -hmm. ran into some injury issues with the concussion, and then, you know, gave up a couple sacks against the Cowboys. Just like, dang, like, what's happened? But I, mm -hmm. I still think Christian Derrissaw is number two for me. Yep. No, I'm with you. J.J. Derrissaw, we're both on the same page, one and two. Brian O'Neill, my number three, he's kind of in the middle territory. He's not 25 and under, but he's a core foundational piece. And you now you got two bookend tackles protecting your quarterback. Really nice to see for the future. So I'm going with Brian O'Neill, three. Still a handful of good options left for four and five. So my third, I'm going to go T.J. Hawkinson. He is mm -hmm. right at 25. And so I think mm -hmm. he's going to be a building block player for their future. And he's already shown to pay dividends for them. TJ Hawkinson is on my list. He's number five. Number four for me, I got Harrison Phillips. I'll just tell you, Dalvin Tomlinson and Daniil Hunter, I wanted to put them in there. They just missed for me. But given they're a little bit older than the other five of those guys, and given an injury history, they just missed the cut. But I got J.J. Derrissaw, O'Neal. Harrison Phillips, and TJ Hawkinson. How about you to round out your list? Tough crowd for you, man. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Tomlinson, Daniil Hunter, only 28 years old, and you're already calling them old men. They're just <laughs> – they're old and 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 they they're past their time. It's just kind of kind of crazy, man. Good lord! I think uh, just to round out my my top five, I'm gonna go uh, Harrison Phillips as well. Like the the dude is a, an ascending player. He plays a position that you know does a lot of dirty work, a lot of grunt work. A lot of people don't necessarily see him on the stat sheet as much, but he is impacting these games, and he is a young player. He's taking advantage of more playing time this year as opposed to his last few years in Buffalo, and it's paying off. He's doing a great job for them. Yeah, pretty wild to think about, though, again, given the little production they've got out of those past three drafts outside of J.J. and Derrissaw, who are, again, our blue chips, so that's great. But outside of those two guys, the past three drafts haven't gotten a ton of other core foundational pieces you know for sure are going to be around for a long time. And knowing how old some of these vets are getting, I'm just saying the entire NFC North feels like it could be in the midst of a major change over these next few years. Was there anyone else or anything that jumped out at you on that 25 and under list before we move on? Because my number one takeaway was DK Metcalf has to be the oldest 24-year-old in the history of the world. That dude feels like he's been in the league for like seven years now. I was shocked when I saw his age. And then I remember he was only 20 when he was drafted out of Ole Miss, going to obviously the Seahawks in the second round. That was crazy to me. He's only 20. 24 years old. Granted, it did say he's going to be 25 in like the next month, but still seems like he's been around just a long, long time. Anything else jump out to you? I think it's just it's because he's just a, a freak of nature. He just looks he like he has been around for a long time. You know, like that. That's mm -hmm. the that's the thing with them. I think what's interesting is you know they have Panay Sewell ahead of Christian Derrissaw on this list, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting. There, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it's it's interesting for all the people who were ready to write Justin Fields off. He lands at number 21 on this list because he is just absolutely balled out the last, what, six, seven weeks that we've seen him to the point where he is top 10. He's top 10. Remember I, I mentioned Dalvin Cook being top 10 in rushing? Justin Fields is mm -hmm. also top 10 in rushing Stop yards it. this season, which is just nuts because he was not known as a player who was a runner. 
in college. Like he was a drop back, a pure drop back passer. And, who and he, they didn't the even run him a lot the first month or five, six games even. I mean, it's just really the no. last six, seven games, really. Yeah, they just kind of seem like they they unlocked something. I don't know if maybe mm -hmm. he ran a 40 or he was running to go get some water or something. And they were like, oh, dang, like this dude is pretty athletic. Let's let's see if we can uh let's see if we can run him sometimes. And it's just worked out well for them uh, on offense. I know it, it really hasn't affected them winning games much, but he has kept them in every game that that they've played when he started. Um, it's tough that now he's dealing with this injury, but. Man, like it's it's just kind of crazy to see how he how he you know has has just kind of risen in the eyes mm -hmm. of people who were ready to just really write him off after the first what four or five weeks of the season. I also think it's interesting too. Andrew Thomas is on this list of the Giants. I feel like he was kind of in that Christian Darrisaw category. People were like, "Well, what's going on with him?" Like. Is he going to be the guy that they drafted him to be? And now he lands on 12 on this list, which is, which seems, you know, really high uh, for him. But I think if Darisaw maybe had been healthy these last couple games, he probably lands higher on this list. Yeah, last one I'll say, he didn't land in the top 25. It was an honorable mention. I'm really starting to sit down and watch this guy from Detroit, Amon Ross St. Brown. This guy is still critically underrated. If you just sit down and watch him, he's a freak, man. He's a baller, ultra productive. Mm. The Lions, they found a dude in the fourth round with that guy. He's been absolutely oh, yeah. outstanding. If you haven't, just try to sit down and watch one Lions game before the year's up and just watch that guy play. He's outstanding. All right, coming up next, we're breaking down Cat's injury and which players need to carry the load in the meantime. But first, Vikes, now 10-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They open this week versus the Jets as three-point favorites over under. Opens at 42 points. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NHL, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed all right to basketball we go it's official carl anthony towns gonna miss four to six weeks with a calf injury obviously not great not what you want but certainly could have been a lot worse many mm -hmm. people again thought yesterday he could have been toast for the year with that achilles injury so trying to find the positive reg i'm just gonna ask it given their slow start as is what 10 and 11 right now and the fact the wolves will miss cat for what five maybe six weeks more importantly trying to gel cat and rudy gobert's chemistry together too does this mean their playoff chances has gone up in smoke like what's the likelihood they can rebound from this and stay afloat until cat gets back i just think that certain players are going to have to step up and they're going to try to have to find a way to play some you know symmetric basketball out there like the 
the tough part is is the shooting that they miss from Cat. You know, everyone you know talks about he's the best shooting big man and and all those things. But now you're looking at twenty plus twenty. 20 to 21 points being scored a game that you're missing, you know, eight, nine rebounds a game that you now miss. And that is going to have to be made up somewhere. I don't think that their playoff chances are up in smoke per se, because they do still have another all-star on the team and Rudy Gobert and some ascending young players. You know, what I do hope is that, maybe they just start to play a little bit more in sync and move the ball around. You know, that there's not this this pressure to try to get Cat the ball in his spots and all that stuff, and now all of a sudden you're just trying to play basketball. I think they just need to play basketball. And when there's not a whole lot of stars involved, a lot of times maybe, you know, you can see some things just kind of clear up a little bit. Some guys get some shots, get in rhythm, and all those things, like, I just think that they need to just go out there and hoop. And it's going to be tough because Cat is an all-star. Cat is, you know, one of their best players out there on the court on both ends of the floor. But I don't think that it's, you know, just a lost cause because they they missed out on him. They still have some talented players on the court that can positively impact basketball games. And I think now you're going to have to try to – put Rudy in a position where you're playing him off the pick and roll. He's going to be a a shutdown defender, rim protector. And then on the other end, you know, lob it up, you know, get him, get him in, in good positions to, to get some baskets easier, high percentage buckets, and really just kind of let the wings do their job. I, I will say they are going to have to be a better shooting team as well. I was looking at, at some stats, uh, 33% from three. They rank 27th in the NBA from three-point land. And it's, it's – and when when Rudy is on the, on the court, they're shooting 28% from three when it's just him on the court and, and Towns is not on the court. So they're going to have to find the stroke, man. Like, it's, it's going to be time. Like, the shooters on this team, D'Lo – you know, uh, Jaden McDaniels is ascending with his shot. And, like, these guys are going to have to shoot the ball, man, and they're going to have to shoot it well in Cat's absence. Yeah, just kind of echoing your point, I looked up some stats. Again, Rudy-only lineups, not been good this year. But when you consider a large part of that is strictly just because they've just been ice cold from shooting the ball during those runs, it's easy to be optimistic that they can turn that around, even if they just shoot slightly better, specifically beyond the arc. It's just some fluky bad numbers. You just mentioned it near the bottom five in the league. The analytics and next-gen stats say they should be shooting around 34% from three. Reg, who specifically needs to rise to the occasion now? Who needs to kind of carry the load of being the guy? You mentioned a lot of players, but give me one starter and maybe one bench or roll guy who's really going to have to step up and carry the load. Okay, the the starter, I mean, unquestioned, is Gotta Anthony be. Edwards. It's his Gotta time to shine. You know, he talked about how that big lineup kind of stunted his growth and stunted his progress, you know, clogs up the lane because people were talking about he's not dunking like – you know, we are used to seeing him do like now is his time, you know, not not that he has to be like a ball hog or anything, but 
he needs to be running all over that floor, picking his spots to get his shots up and taking over these ball games. Like it's his time to shine. As far as like a bench player, you know, I, I, I think in the article that, is up on ESPN right now, talked about how this may be the reason to start Torian Prince. Torian Prince is actually playing some really good ball this season. Like, it seems like every game he's making big shot after big shot. He's averaging almost 10 points a game, two and a half boards, uh, almost two assists. Like, he is a, a guy that is going to be positively affecting play when he's out there. I know just what was it like a week ago? He had the shoulder injury, shoulder subluxation, however you pronounce it. Um, Fitch said he could be out one to two weeks. So that's a tough blow for them. But I think what you want to see is is somebody like him step up, another bench guy stepping up that has played well in the time that he's been out there, Nas Reed. You know, it, I, I'm naming multiple bench guys, but I think it's going to take a, a, a multiple effort. It's not just going to mm-hmm. be on one guy. You know, Jalen Noel is a bucket. They're going to rely on him a little bit more. Slow-mo, they brought him in to get buckets off the bench. Like, I love slow-mo. I think, yeah, he's a, he's a very efficient player, and I think they're going to they're gonna need a little bit more from him as well. It's going to take everybody, man. No one person is able to replace Cat's production and his impact out there on the floor, but it's going to take multiple people to go out there and do their jobs and do them well to affect the outcomes of this game. What we know about the Timberwolves right now is the defense is lacking. Even with mm-hmm. getting Rudy Gobert, the defense is lacking. The the shooting leaves a little bit to be desired. And also, man, like, they need to hustle out there. Like, that's something that you can't necessarily coach. Guys out there hustling, scrambling for loose balls, like getting scrappy in there, getting all up in their face on defense and just out there hustling. When you see like the Memphis Grizzlies play or, you know, the, the the other night they played the Wizards, you saw how the Wizards were playing. Like they need to kind of just decide that they're going to be the team that gives the maximum effort. Like nobody is going to out hustle us on a given night. And I think that is something that positively affects these outcomes as well. And that's something they're going to have to implore now without Cat. Torian Prince. Wolves' best three-point shooter, 39%. Kyle Anderson's been hitting 41%, but he hasn't taken nearly as many shots. It's a very small sample size. But you're right, got to surround Rudy with some shooters for sure. And then you mentioned it too, defensively, a lot more pressure on him, specifically on the glass. And it worries me too, because when Rudy and Prince are on the court at the same time, rebounding ranks dead last collectively in the NBA, securing just Mm -hmm. 71% of those missed shots. Granted, They've only played together for 33 minutes. So again, another super small sample size. Wolves play tonight. First, the Memphis Grizzlies in the backyard at Mm. the Target Center. Tip-off 7 p.m. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back tomorrow to break it all down. All right, time has come for our Give Me One segment. Give up. First one up here, Rich. Vikings are likely to have at least one home playoff game, probably two, to start the postseason. Give me one matchup or just playoff scenario you'd like to see for the Vikings. What's kind of the best case scenario here when you start to envision the landscape of who's probably going to be in and who's probably out? I think I want to see a rematch of the two games that they've lost, you know, one against mm-hmm. the Eagles or or one against the Cowboys. Like, I'm sure they have a bad taste in their mouths from those two losses, especially that Dallas one. But 
this team is one that they don't believe that they're who they were when they played the Eagles or the Cowboys. And I think they want another chance to show them, like, yo, like, we can compete with you guys well. Like, we can we can compete with you guys. We can beat you guys. And, look, if they want to get to where they want to go, which is ultimately a Super Bowl, they're going to have to get through some of these teams. And it looks like the, the path through the NFC could be a little bit easier than the path in the AFC. And so, you know, anybody – can be beat they've they've shown this even the eagles lost to the commanders on monday night like these teams can be beat you know even with the cowboys winning on thanksgiving Dak threw two interceptions you know you turn the ball over a couple times against the vikings and i think they'll be in position to make you pay so i'm i'm looking forward to those matchups the playoffs is all about playing against the the best matchups and and really showing what you can do and really, you know, whoever is the best is going to advance. I think those two matchups are going to be tough. I think a, a matchup against the 49ers, who a lot of people are are already starting to try to pencil in as the NFC favorite, those games are going to be tough. The NFC is going to be not as easy as people would think, and the Vikings have a good chance as any, but it's playing your best ball each and every week, and that's going to be the challenge for them. I want nothing to do with Micah Parsons again or Nick Bosa come playoff time. <laughs> Dallas and the Niners, I mean, they're just kicking things into a high gear. Dallas, by the way, they're going to get Tyron Smith back, their Pro Bowl left tackle. That's going to be another element and weapon for them to use as they get hot and go into the playoffs. But I think the absolute dream is now that Tristan Wirfs is out, Tom Brady ain't going to have the protection he needs. Pure pocket guy, 45 years old. Falcons end up winning the South. They host a game. They shock someone like the Niners or Cowboys or Seahawks. Meanwhile, Vikes open with Washington. You've already beat them once, despite the refs trying to help them every way they could. We go from Washington to Atlanta, back-to-back, both home games, and then boom, you're one game away from the Super Bowl. That's the dream playoff picture, in my opinion. But to your point... Probably going to have to play somebody like the Niners or the Cowboys and then go through Philly. And you know what? To be the best, you got to beat the best anyways. So why not bring them on? Shout out to Ric Flair. Uh, Shout out to Ric Flair. Woo, baby. I love it. All right. That's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. Don't forget, we're a podcast too. Free and available, all platforms. Subscribe. Drop us that five-star review and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson. Find him on Twitter, at TV and check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 